Good morning, church. Uh, let's begin with, uh, with prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time that we can gather learning your word. Lord, we thank you for a time of worship. Uh, Lord, we want you to be the center of this service. Lord, will your Holy Spirit please come now and help us to interpret your message, your words, Lord, and apply it to our lives. We thank you so much that you've given us your Bible to study with. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right, we are working through the uh, weeks of Advent, awaiting the arrival of Jesus. Now guys, I've been working on a sermon all week long. And I've got to be honest, I haven't been real excited about it. It's about Mary's song in Luke chapter 1. And uh, you've heard from Lynette and from Brant about how uh, songs inspire our lives so much. And, and uh, Mary's song is really amazing, but for some reason, I, I just, I couldn't get excited about it. I did all the research. I, I had some outlines. I figured out some words in Greek, and I, I just couldn't get worked up about it. I don't know why. Because everything in this book should be the most exciting, life-filled words that we read. There should be nothing more exciting than this. But you all know that, well, I can preach a boring sermon. I know that for a fact because I bore myself sometimes. And you know, that's not the divine word of God. I'm not doing it justice because the word inspired by God, every book in this Bible is so exciting that we need to praise God every time we read it. Now, the turning point for giving a message about Mary's song for me was last night. There was all kinds of uh, festivities going on here in Colony. How many of y'all came to the parade? It, yeah, it was a great, a great time. Man, oh, it was good. It was good food. It was a good parade, uh, good times at the youth center, decorating cookies, playing games. There's a live nativity with goats and a puppy and a rooster who's on a leash <laughs> in our live nativity. And a rooster could be walked around. It's a good-looking good rooster. Uh, man, it was, a, it was a good time. What a good time. And then it occurred to me, and I've got to give credit to the Holy Spirit, uh, it was if just all of a sudden it, he said to me, hey, hey, Chase, you know that good feeling that you feel right now? Oh, you're so, you're so excited. You, you feel happy. You feel content because you're having a good time there in your, your town of Colony, your little community uh, parade and everything that's going on. He says, you know how you feel? He said, yeah, imagine how Mary felt when the angel said, you're going to be the mother of God's son. You're going to be the mother of God. Now, Mary probably didn't understand the Trinity. At that point, uh, she came to later on, how the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one and the same, and yet different entities at the same time. But basically, it would have been confusing. And that's why it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 29, confused and disturbed, 
Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. When the angel came to her and told her that she was about to be the mother of the Son of God. Now, can you imagine? How does that work, Mary might have felt? Well, he made me because she knew he was a creator. How how could I uh, create God's son? Well, she, she didn't. It was God. And then again, maybe she thought, oh, how could I even have a son? Like, at all, how could I have a son? I haven't done what it takes to have a child. No, no, Mary. You hadn't done what it takes to have a normal child. Praise, praise God. Because that's exactly what God needed you for. What you did do, though, Mary, is you did what it takes to have the Son of God. And that's actually the the first thing that the angel Gabriel told Mary, um, that uh, she did what it takes. Uh, She didn't do what the world does to have a normal kid. She did what it takes to have the Son of God. Uh, The angel told her, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, let's focus on on one word here. uh, Favored. Gabriel says, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. God favored, favored Mary so much that he chose her to be the mother of Jesus. We'll, we'll study a little bit about what favored means, but most of us think, man, boy, I, I would like to be favored by God. Wouldn't that be good? I mean, not so much to have baby Jesus. I don't want to be favored that much. I mean, I mean that, that had to have been hard. The whole part of it. I mean, the first part, the, the virgin birth, obviously, uh, that had to have been hard. Uh, you know what everybody around was thinking. Pff, virgin, yeah, right. That had to have been hard for Mary. And then, uh, imagine this, raising a perfect child. Like, the, the, Jesus had to have been, I mean, if, if there was ever a perfect child, obviously Jesus was it. Raising him and then seeing what happens to him, what God's plan is for him, uh, letting him go in the way she did, that had to have been hard, the cross. Now, I want to be favored by God, but sometimes I think I, I wouldn't want to be favored that much. Well, don't worry, uh, Gabriel's not going to come to any of us and say, hey, you're going to have uh, the, the baby Jesus, the birth of our Savior, because that already happened. And you know why that already happened? It already happened because Mary said, bring it on. She actually said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said to me come true. She was confused and disturbed. 
blew her mind what the angel was telling her about, but she said, okay, let it be. Let it come true. And God knew she would say that. God favored her, and that's why he chose her. Now, what is favored? What is favored? Uh, to understand what favored is, we have to keep in mind that favored is tied to faith. It's tied to faith. Here's what Elizabeth said to Mary right before Mary sang her famous song that we're going to look at in just a little bit. Here's, here's what Elizabeth, uh, Mary's cousin, said. She said, uh, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. You are blessed because you believe. Blessed because you believe. That, that's pretty, pretty simple, right? How do, how do you be favored by God? By believing. We all get into some uh, situations where it, it's hard for us to believe. And uh, we'll, we'll get into some steps here in a minute. But the first thing you have to do is believe in Him to be favored by God. That's the first point that we must understand about being favored by God. We have to believe in Him. And because you believe, you will receive blessing. Just because you believe. It takes faith to believe, and it takes faith to be saved. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that we are saved by grace through faith, and we can't take credit for it. We have God to thank for it. We have to have faith in Him. We have to trust Him at His word. And boy, did Mary do a good job at trusting God at His Word. Now, hey, here's another person who found favor with God. Noah, you know, no one else in the world at that time um, had faith in God. No one else had God's favor. No one else trusted Him. But Noah did. And when God told him to build a boat, he did what God told him to do, and he was saved and all of his family and the coming generations was saved. Mary was told by God what would happen, and she said, okay, let it be done. And we are saved because of God working through her. Here's another verse that will help us understand what it is to be favored by God. After Jesus was born, the angels appeared to the shepherds and they sang this, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those with whom his favor rests. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those to whom his favor rests. Favor. Favor. Now, uh, this verse speaks of, of favor that the angels were talking about. I, I like peace. I want peace on earth. And uh, we get that when his favor rests upon us. Count me in. I want God's favor because I want peace on earth. And to understand more about this, we can look in a different translation. In the New, New Living Translation, it says, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Another hint about uh, what being favored is. When God is uh, pleased with us, His favor 
comes upon us. God favors you. If he does, then that means he is pleased with you. Now, how do you please God? Now, some people would tell you, all you have to do is to do is to be who God made you to be. That's all you have to do. Be who God made you to be. Simple as that. I'm glad that works for some people. But for most of us, it's not that simple. For those of us who, you know, we like rules, checklists, we like to have a step-by-step instruction book so that you can follow those instructions to complete a task. And, and well, the thought of pleasing God in all 31,102 verses in the Bible, it's a lot of verses, you know, 31,102 verses right here of God's Word that tell us how to live our lives, that we can read. They've all been inspired by God, and we can use them um, for our lives. And if we think this is our book to live by, which it is, and we need to follow all of these because they're a rule book, then we can get overwhelmed. That's pretty overwhelming. But if that's how you feel, I won't tell you, slow down. Slow down for just a little bit. Here's the third word that we need to understand about God's favor. So the first word was faith. We need to understand uh, favor with faith. And we need to be understanding that uh, those who God has favor on is, are those who he is pleased with. But here's the last word, humility. Mary's story teaches us so much about being humble so much about humility, and it's the key part of having God's favor. Mary's one of the greatest examples of humility. And if you only get one thing out of this sermon, let it be this, that uh, Jesus tells us, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Listen, we are all going to wind up in a place of humility, per se. Whether you uh, choose to be humble as you live here on this world, or whether you come to the end of your life and you realize you had no power to get to heaven, that there was nothing you could do to get there, you will be humbled. Now, I pray that we all understand the humbleness is a big deal. If you want God's favor, understand that you need His help to get it. A young child wants to please his or her parent, but first they need a parent to teach them how. Listen, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have a perfect record to have God's favor. You can't take His favor. He has to give it to you. When we're looking at cases in Scripture uh, like Mary's, she seems like she is so, so good at listening to God's Word. Listen, the Scripture gives us a chance to follow Him. And uh, lots of people in Scripture have God's favor. They're not perfect. We can also have God's favor absolutely available to us. Here's some application. Romans chapter 12 Verse 1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all of he, that He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind 
you will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. The true way to worship Him. Mm. Now Mary, Mary realized, hey, I, I could use my body for what benefits me in this life, or I could use it for God's purposes. And Mary understood, hey, this is, this is going to benefit more than just me. This is going to be rough for me for a period of time. She understood this is, this is big. This is a bigness, not just about me. Now that, we, now that we have an idea of how to understand favor, we have to understand it in the context of faith, of pleasing God, and of humility. Let's look specifically at Mary's case. Um, why did God favor Mary? So, um, to experience God's favor, if we use Mary's story, um, we can see that she was qualified. Now, first off, Mary was qualified because she was from the tribe of Judah and the line of David. The prophecy from Isaiah chapter 11 and Micah chapter 5 uh, tell us that the Savior will come from the tribe of Judah, from the line of David, and Mary was. We can trace her lineage all the way back to that and say, yep, she meets that. She is qualified in that case. Now, uh, my question for you is, what tribe are you from? Some of you can answer that, maybe. Chippewa, Cherokee, you know, not those tribes, okay? What tribe are you from? And here's what I have to say right after that. It doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter because Romans chapter 10, verse 12 and through 13 says, There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. No matter what tribe you're from, as long as you call on the name of the Lord. That's the distinguishing mark there. So do you qualify? Now, it did matter to Mary because of the prophecy. And the prophecy that came true about where the Messiah would come from, what tribe and lineage, that matters and that makes a difference because that assures us that all of this in our scripture is absolutely true. But it doesn't matter for us because of Jesus. Because of the Son of God that Mary was bearing on that first Christmas day. Uh, here's another qualification that Mary, uh, Mary got to. She uh, qualified because she was pure. She was undefiled. Uh, she had good re- relationships. She had good boundaries. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21 tells us, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the Master to use, to use you for every good work. Now... Uh, boy, was Mary a special utensil for honorable use. Uh, and I think she felt that. This scripture comes from Timothy after Jesus had lived his life here on earth and gave his life for us. And that tells us that we are also to live pure lives in all ways, mentally, spiritually, physically, pure lives, because God can and will use us as a special tool for, honor, for honorable use. Now, another thing that uh, Mary qualified for is, um, or that she was qualified for, is faith. 
she had faith. And the angel says that uh, you're going to have a baby, and she just trusted the angel. So, okay, uh, I'll accept that. Let it be done as you've said. You know, you can have faith in God too. Believe in God and His Son, and it is by His grace through faith that you are saved because of Jesus. It's easy for us to think about believing in God. Um, simple thing, but we're talking about the kind of faith like Mary had, that when God tells you something crazy that seems impossible to do, you say, okay, let the Lord's will be done. Let Him use my life. That's the kind of faith that Mary had. And that's the kind of faith that we can have because of Jesus. Uh, another way that uh, Mary qualified for having the Son of God, for being um, favored by God, is humility. Obviously, we've already talked about that, but she recognized that this thing that she had inside of her, that this whole deal of, of becoming the mother of God's Son was bigger than her. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Humility is a big deal, my friends. Um, are you qualified for God's favor? Are you from the right tribe? Well, it doesn't matter, but if you are uh, putting your faith, are you calling on the name of the Lord, then you qualify. Are you pure? If you have put your faith in Jesus, and if you're working to live a pure life right now, then you qualify. Uh, do you have faith in Him? absolutely possible for you to have faith, the kind of faith that Mary had in Jesus, then you can qualify. Have you worked on humility? God will bless you if you do your best to be humble. Are you qualified? Now the next point here is a willingness. Mary was so willing. Are you willing to do what God asks of you? Mary said, not my will, but yours, God. And the angel came and told her the plan. And she was like, uh, when she heard the plan, you, you're going to have a baby. She was like, God, God wants, wants what? Confused and disturbed again. But uh, she wasn't like, oh no, oh no. My pants won't fit after that. Um, oh no, all my friends are going to leave me. My husband is going to leave me. This is going to be really bad for my life. She wasn't like that. She said, bring it on. She said, let your will be done to me. And I really love the grit that Mary has. Like, I love to read me some, some stories about, about Daniel and about uh, the men of old, Gabriel, you know, the fighters. But I really love the grit that Mary has. Again, uh, back to the, the humility and the understanding that she understands this is bigger than her. This is a big deal. This is more important than what's going on in her life. And she took one for the team. Took one for the team. So um, one, of my, uh, one of our guys uh, told me a story recently. And uh, the situation was that he was... Uh, he was doing some training in the military years ago, and he was out in the woods, and there was a bunch of other guys there training with him, guys from all over the nation. There were um, guys from Florida, guys from Tennessee, guys from California, 
And, uh, you know, I, evidently when you get in the military and get in training, uh, you challenge other guys to do something. So they challenged him to eat this big old uh, garden spider. You know, like, like They challenged him to eat it. And you know what he did? He took one for the team. He ate that spider. I, I can't even hardly think about it. I don't like spiders. I mean, just to, ha- just to see them, let alone eat them. And so he ate that spider. And I guarantee you that that boy from Florida, from California, from Tennessee, whenever they meet a guy from Kansas for the rest of their life, they're going to be like, those dudes. They're the real deal. Like, they got grit. They'll do what it takes to survive. They'll take one for the team. And so I, I, I can't tell you who it was, otherwise he won't give me any more sermon illustrations. I mean, he won't tell me any more stories um, after this. Uh, but man, he took one for the team. He stood up for the Kansas boys. Hey, listen. Mary had grit. She took one for the team. Here's the case, guys. I want to be a Christian because of Mary. There's a lot of other reasons, but if Mary can say to the Lord, hey, let it be done. This is important for the whole world. Every person who ever existed in history and in the future benefits from what Mary allowed to happen to her that first Christmas. She took one for the team. She sets the kind of standard that when someone really understands her story, when they meet a Christian, they want to say, hey, these Christians are the real deal. They have grit. Because when something happens, and they need to stand up for salvation of other people, they're right there saying, I'll do it. Saying, "I'll, I'll bear the Son of God, she said no matter what it looks like. She could have been stoned to death. That was the sentence for being pregnant out of wedlock. She almost lost her future husband. She was willing to let God have control. And you know, she didn't stop there. Joseph, her husband, said, hey, we got to travel to Bethlehem. We got to do this. And, and uh, she said, okay, we'll go. I'll listen to my husband. We're going to go to Bethlehem. You know, and this probably, um, we could probably give some credit to Mary's mom and dad. Scripture doesn't say anything about Mary's mom and dad. But uh, Jessica sent me something on, uh, on one of the social media sites that was a story about what it would have been like, what, their, what her uh, mom and dad would have been like. And, and it's interesting to think about how she was raised. Man, she was probably raised to, to respect not, not only God, but uh, to respect other people. Her mom and dad, maybe they had a, a really good marriage to where she was like, okay, this is, this is a big deal. And obviously, Joseph uh, was a, a right-standing man. And he decided, uh, he decided at first to divorce her. He was a good man. You know, Scripture calls him a good man. He was going to divorce her quietly. That, you know, we talk about, hey, this is a, he's a good dude. And the Scripture says, well, actually none are good. The determination is where their faith is at. 
that's where uh, being a, a good, you know, just a nice guy uh, will get you. That's what they will do. They'll, okay, I'll divorce her uh, quietly when the Lord had another plan. Joseph, you take her and marry her and raise the boy. And so Joseph was a man well, of faith in what the God was telling him, what God was telling him to do. And, uh, man, I think this is a testament to probably Mary's uh, folks, and probably the ones who raised Joseph as well. Raised him for respect, and respect for God's lesson for us. Uh, well, we may be raising kids who are going to affect our future. We are raising kids that will affect our future. Who knows what role they might play in God's kingdom. So we need to be willing to serve like Mary was willing. Willing to do what God asks us to do. We need to represent Jesus. Here's the third thing. Uh, response. What was Mary's response? The third reason that she was uh, favored by God. Well, her response was praise. Praise. She was so excited that she couldn't keep it in when the Lord came and told her and when she went to see Elizabeth and we'll I'll preach more on Elizabeth probably um, next week or the, or the week after but she went there and Elizabeth was so excited because John uh, was inside of her. He was excited. The Holy Spirit was with him and it's like she just couldn't hold it in. Uh, she says, uh, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord how my spirit rejoices in my Savior, for he took notice of this lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. She couldn't hold it inside. The, the, the singing, the, the thing that just comes out, she sung to God, praise you, Father God. I was not deserving of this. Just humble, a servant girl, and now, look at this. Here we are sitting here today calling Mary blessed. It's true. We think, how blessed was Mary? And she sung about it as it was happening. And one of the purposes of singing a song so that we can remember things. Songs uh, stick in our mind. And so we should sing about things that we don't want to forget. I didn't, I didn't plan with Lynette. I didn't coordinate with you as far as these singers. This is the way the Lord works. Um, we need to sing about things that we don't want to forget. Probably all of us have songs in our head that we wish we could forget. The, the worst one that sticks in my mind is, um, oh, in high school, Shania Twain was coming out, and there was a song, I feel like a woman. That's a horrible song when you're a grown man to sing. I can't stand it. I'll hear it. Somebody drive by and hear it, and I'll, I'll find myself singing as I'm, as I'm chopping wood or something, and I'm singing about feeling like a woman. I wish I could forget it. How about some Christmas songs? Sometimes we're, we're uh, remembering you know, Christmas songs all year long, and so Jingle Bells is one of the most popular. Jingle Bells. When anybody picks up an instrument and they don't know how to play anything like a kid does, the first song they play is uh, Jingle Bells. And you only need about one string, I think, to do Jingle Bells. Um, but, uh, you know, that's not actually a Christmas song. It, originally, it was made to be a Thanksgiving song. Um, some kids told me that recently, so I, I think it's true. But, uh, 
that's one of those songs that gets stuck in our mind. Uh, sometimes, sometimes uh, I'll be laying in bed, and I know the power of a song to help us remember things. And I'll be laying in bed, and I'll think of things I need to remember the next day, and I don't want to get up and write it down. And so, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll sing about it in my mind over and over, and then I'll get up in the morning, and I'll be singing about it, and I'll remember how to do it. So, so I'm laying in bed, and I, I think in my mind a song to sing. And it'll, it'll go something like this. Uh, air the tire up and throw wood in the fire. Kiss the wife goodbye. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's really silly. But, so I'll sing that over and over and over and over. And then uh, the next morning, while I'm in my truck driving to work, I'm singing the same, air the tire up, put wood on the fire. And I'm like, why am I singing this? <gasps> And I was I'm driving on a half-flat tire. And oh, I forgot to throw wood in the stove. Oh, I forgot to kiss my wife goodbye. We remember these things. But hey, I hope that there is someone singing the songs that we sung today in church, or yesterday or last year, songs that we have sung to praise God. I hope that there is someone, when they're really struggling in the future, when they're going through a hard time, when life is tough, and I don't, I don't just mean uh, uh, tough, bummer tough, but tough where uh, there is no hope. And I hope something comes up in their mind. Like, Jesus loves me, this I know. Because the Bible tells me so. Or uh, maybe it's even a Christmas song. God, rest ye merry gentlemen. I don't know what the gentleman, but I don't know that I'm a gentleman, but God, rest you know, that has a lot to do with waiting. We talk about waiting for Advent. I don't like waiting, but God tells us to wait because He's coming. God came on Christmas as a baby. Praise God for giving us a Savior as a baby, but He's coming again to level it all out, to take care of everything. No more evil, no more sadness or tears. He will wipe it all out and praise Jesus that we have faith in Him we can be saved on that day. I hope that someone is singing those songs. This is the power of singing. This is why the Scripture tells us. This is why Mary said, hey, this is wonderful. She says, for the Mighty One is holy, and He has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to all who fear Him. Hey, we see that. Generation to generation. There's been a lot of generations since Mary to us. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down the princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. Our baby Jesus on Christmas. Oh, we think how lovely and sweet He is, but we get a little bit of a taste of, of, a, of righteousness here, of what He's actually going to do. Scatter the proud. Bring down the princes and their thrones. Verse 53 says, He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped His servant Israel and has remembered to be merciful. For He made His promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and His children forever. A promise. Now that promise, that promise is for us. And that's exciting. There's nothing boring about the promise that we have in Jesus and that He will come 
back one day. Another song that I was listening to uh, in the truck the other day was about God rolling up his sleeves. And I can't remember what song it was. It was by Toby Mac. But it was about God rolling up his sleeves. And the image was that, um, boy, there is a fight. And when there's a fight there, and it's for good and evil, and God is rolling up his sleeves, he's right there. And, and, and I think Christmas time is the time when really God was just rolling up his sleeves because he gave us his son born of a virgin so that he could grow into the kind of Savior that would give his life, that would pay for our sins. And God's just rolling up his sleeves when baby Jesus is born. And someday, someday we know, we know the fullness of the victory has been won in death and resurrection, but when it all will be made right again someday, we'll experience that. It may not be while we're here on this earth, but it's there for us to experience. Folks, we can wait for that, that promise. What is it to be favored by God? I'd say there's no better place to start than to be like Mary. Say, God, let it be done to me as you wish. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much for our your son, Jesus. Oh, we thank you that Mary was inspired to sing a song, God. We can read her song about victory, about blessing to the humble, about favor, about how you love us, God. You love us knowing that we're not perfect. Your grace and mercy, you forgive us. You take care of us. Lord, we pray now that you would help us to use all of these things that we can learn from your word, apply them to our lives, uh, share them with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.